You are now listening to Creator Corner. Hi everyone, welcome to Creator Corner. I'm Dalia. And I'm Mary. And we're super pumped about our guest today. We're really excited to welcome Deanne. Yes, D'Angelo Marbello Villavicencio into the podcast today. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You got my of last course. name right. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know that um, people are always messing up our, our last name, so I got to get it right. <laughs> We're really excited to have D'Angelo on the podcast today. He is the head know, designer right of There's Nothing Bolder, which is a fashion brand that is sustainable with one-to-one unique pieces. We're really excited to have you on the podcast today just talk a little bit about the brand and how it has evolved since you started in 2015 Um, but this space is for you D'Angelo so we're excited to jump in and hear more right on right on yeah uh, there's nothing bolder it's a brand based in the Bay Area like you said a sustainable brand that like uh, we work old clothing into new and like basically I add value where value ain't found and uh I'm just trying to inspire a new way of shopping, creating, and and just uh, expressing yourself, really. That's awesome, D'Angelo. And just to get us um, started, we, we do like to ask them a couple rapid-fire questions for our creators and for our guests. Um, anything that comes to mind is fair uh-huh. game. So just our first question is, if you can collab with another clothing brand, who would it be and why? Yeah, if I could collab with another clothing brand that's that's similar to mine, I would uh, I would choose um, Craig no, Lauren. No, no, tell us. I don't know if you guys heard of Craig Lauren, but he's a uh, mm. Ralph. He's Ralph Lauren's nephew, and basically he does a lot of similar work to me. But his uh, his pants are like <laughs> the 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 price tag. It's like you buying a car. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Them G's got V6 there? Okay. But I don't know who's paying that, so, you know, I ain't there. I ain't there. I'm, I'm with my people still, like, going, like, horizontally, like, like that. We're not shooting up too fast. We're, it's a, it's a, it's a process that I need for everybody sure, to be, sure. yeah, you know, on the same page need with need to me. check out Craig Lauren. Never heard of them, but that price tag sounds steep. <laughs> but, um, and then our next question is, like, if you can be a different type a different type of creative or artist outside of a fashion designer, what would you be? Hmm. I would really, uh, it sounds so like typical, but I would be a rapper because I, mm-hmm. uh, I really like how rappers mm-hmm. use their, their, their voice and they like kind of, you know, your voice is really mm-hmm. like, like a pen, like you, you write out plans and it, it manifests itself. So I like that. But a lot of the rappers nowadays need to like, realize where mm. they're taking the world with their mm. with their lyrics because uh it's, it's getting twisted out here yeah and uh, no, i don't sure. really appreciate yeah. that shit definitely words words have power and so there's rappers like la russell la russell uh he's like a, a rapper mm. that you could tell his his words are like motivating and like larry june <laughs> like makes you want to go get mm-hmm. healthy rex life raj makes you want to like tap in like there's rappers out there that are using their their power the right way, and I I appreciate a lot of For sure. a lot of, of 
music no, artists that, like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. There's there's a lot of you know rappers out there that mm. the platform is just being utilized with some of repetitive stuff, like the same audio tune stuff out there. And so <laughs> now looking to those unique um, rappers out there that are not part of those yeah. masses, which is the theme today as well, <laughs> standing mm-hmm. out. Um, but no, D'Angelo, like I said, we're, we're really excited to learn more about mm-hmm. There's Nothing Bolder and hear a little bit about your perspective getting the brand started. You know, something that stood out to me in our conversations is that you said, you know, this brand has grown mm-hmm. with you. You started it in 2015. We're in, you know, 2023. You've grown with the brand. We're so curious to just hear, you know, what yeah. was some of that initial inspiration in developing There's Nothing Bolder? Yeah. So like TMB, mm-hmm. it, it started to be a clothing brand in 2015, mm. but like we could take it back to 2012 where in high school I started like a, like a group TMB. It was a, it was a group of my friends that we just stuck together and it was a great thing, but you know, like, like the thing we stand out and that kind of brings a lot of uh, mm. negative energy, especially cause we were, we were misguided. So a lot of the uh, things we were doing was kind of gang-like and it wasn't a gang and I remember they my boys tried to like transform it to a gang and I was like mm-hmm. like we got to slow down they were like TMBG they put a G in front of uh, behind the TMB like TMB gang and I was like I was like nah mm-hmm. so I flipped that shit and I was like trust nobody but God that's what I was rocking with and then you know like a lot of shit happened it was very a dark time in my life and a lot of us split up mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, the boys became like real gang members. And uh, I went and lost my mind in 2015, 2014 and 15. And it was a lot because uh, I was aware, I was too aware and I, I was letting shit get to me. Like myself too, like all my actions, like mm. it was a, it was a dark time and I was not ready to like stay there. So I had to like evolve and transform. And I did that through isolation really like with my mom I had to I had to relocate from the bay I went to Woodland to sit down and really like Woodland is a small town and I had to I had time to sit down and really like calm myself down really and I I got off of drugs and I ended up in the mental hospital like and it was giving me new drugs and I was like holy shit I'm not ready for any of this so I really like mm. sat down in these dark times and I had art to to like mm just be alive really and like I had like sketches I had like painting I had I always used to uh, distress <laughs> my jeans like you know I just like would put holes in the knees and do the little you know the distressing so that would keep me like busy and I would I would offer it to people I'd be like you want me to distress your pants I'll do it for twenty dollars like mm-hmm. and like I I I, uh, I went back to my sketches and I, I found the logo TMB and I, I put a halo over it because like I said I was I was trying to start a, a new like mm-hmm. life. I was trying to be better. I was trying to dead the old and, and like become a new, you know? And and that's why I put the halo. And it's also for my homie that passed away in, in 2015. Like I did that for him too. But uh I just see how like like the mm-hmm. uh the, the, the way I would try to like transform everything that was coming me coming to me negatively I try to turn it into something beautiful 
that, that was before the, the 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 brand starting so like 2015 i'm i'm getting on uh i'm working on my pride i'm trying to be a different man but not a not pride in a way where i'm like i'm better than you it's just i'm better than me yesterday because if i'm who i am yesterday i might just fucking kill myself or something you know and like i'm working on my pride because i got to like fill myself with something other than like i said drugs and fights and bullshit and fucking so i i started getting the logo that i drew and i told you i started slapping it on hats and beanies and i would go source for hats and beanies at the flea market in roseville and fucking um so from there i would get the blank pieces and i would go put the logo on with at an embroidery shop a mom and pop embroidery shop in sacramento and uh basically that's how i started the brand really and uh it was just you know circulating the logo and you know i did it for a few years and it was cool but like i said i'm always aware i'm looking around i'm like i'm looking at things and it's a different type of, of a stage though so now i'm looking at things different i'm looking at at like like clothing brands i'm looking at what we're doing as, as designers and i'm like it's a lot of copy and paste going on like I'm, I'm walking around other vendors in the like uh, pop-ups and i'm like like we're all doing the same thing like and that's okay but mm. me i just wanted to like do a little more and like i said i'm chasing pride and it's not the type of pride where i'm like better than these people it's just that I need to go do this for me. And uh, I had uh, I had the idea. I was like, I'm trying to get on the sewing machine and really, like, make things that mm-hmm. I could, like, hold. And, and I could be like, I made this, bro. Like, so that's where I, I was at in, in uh, 2017. So two years after the, the startup. And then uh, 2017 is when I had the idea to do more and, and create more and... It took me till 2019 to finally learn how to get on the sewing machine. And the way I learned was just, I was done waiting. <laughs> I, I was asking people on Facebook, like, who could show me, like, sewing? And there was nobody. Nobody was coming. Two years later, I'm, I'm getting it myself. I had a coworker. I was a barista in, in San Francisco. I had a coworker named uh, Paige, I think her mm. name was. And she would sew costumes in San Francisco. And, uh, I was like, okay, okay. She, so we were talking. Like, I told her how I had. I told her about my vision. I was like, I want to get on the sewing machine. She's like, oh, just buy one, and I'll send you a video of how to thread your machine. And then I was like, okay, okay, okay. And uh, I did. And yeah. she told me step by step how to thread the machine. I could have used mm. YouTube, but I'm more of a person to person type of person. I like to exchange exchange stuff. And uh, she taught me, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I just fucking was trial and error, man. I made a little like, uh, mm-hmm. like a little uh, like a sock type thing. That was my first, like a little tiny bag. First, first project on there, and uh, oh man, I'm skipping back in uh, 2015. I was <laughs> actually, uh, yeah, I should have brought it down here. I was actually, uh, I was actually embro- uh, embroidering patches by hand with the sewing needle, and I would put the patch mm. on a blank hat, so they would be like the more exclusive yeah. hat than the just the regular copy and paste so i always would sew too like even when i was a kid i would sew like pillows mm. in, in class i remember that so I, I knew the concept of sewing but when i got on this machine like i remember my first project <laughs> it was a pair of pants and uh it took me three days like it took days and, and then uh, even it took so long to undo my mistakes on the machine i was like damn like 
but it was a process that I needed and I, and I loved it. And uh, I'm glad that I pushed myself to get on the machine because it, it really changed the game. But no, it sounds like, again, like there's nothing bolder is such a unique brand. You focus on that one-to-one piece, that very tangible of like, I'm going to make this piece of clothing and this is what, it's not going to be mass produced. But how do you want, you know, folks who buy your brand to represent TNB yeah. to feel when they're wearing your clothing? Hmm. Well, I don't know, really. Like the piece, when I when I give out a piece, it's really like it's for you, you know, and it doesn't matter uh, if I get retention back to me, like it's all you, like. But I want people to know that these these uh, pieces are a lot like us, you know. Like um, I'm getting a, a pair of piece, I'm tearing it apart like what mm. we do to ourselves, and I'm adding something that I think is better, you know, that I think is gonna work, and I like it. And a lot of my pants, mm-hmm. a lot of my pants and clothing has a, a paint splatters, and uh, that goes back to me being 18 mm. years old working in the Mission mm-hmm. District. Uh, I used to be a painter and remodel houses. And I used to walk around after work and people used to look at me and be like, where'd you get those pants? Where'd you get those pants? I was like, oh, what the hell? But I had a style with my pants all the mm-hmm. time. I would cut the pants yeah, at the yeah. bottom like the workers do. I don't know if you you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so so my style has evolved. My skills have evolved. Like it's all just, you know, just keeps going up. But again, like the piece, like, these paint splatters just show how much work is being done on on the on the piece and that's like like you like mm. like me like i'm working right now like on myself and uh yeah that's a that's a, a lot and it, you know like another thing it reminds me of is like the paint splatters is like how we get dirty in real life and we kind of sin but if mm. i get more dirty on these pants like it's kind of going to camouflage and it's kind of how god looks at all the sins we we commit he forgives us and it kind of like it's not that it don't matter to him but he forgives us and it just Mm. it goes with the with the peace with the person like this is you don't be ashamed of your past don't be ashamed Mm. of your 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 scars and your your stains and your how you're tainted maybe because you could you could come back you know it's so it's so dope that you're sharing how your brand is such a representation of who you are um, you know, your own personal experience, even, you know, you mentioned a little bit before we jumped on, like moving on, moving around quite a bit, being a bit of a nomad in that way. Um, but then also how these splatters in the paint represent, you know, a time in your life when you were, you were, you know, out there in the mission painting. And this is all part embedded in your brand. It's your life experience. It's who you are. Um, and so, you know, something that Mary and I talk a lot about is, you know, the ways that art is also an opportunity to heal ourselves, um, an opportunity to transcend. You know, you talked a little bit like some mistakes in the past transcends that transcend that and transform that with art. Um, and, you know, from I would like to hear a little bit, D'Angelo, a little bit about a little bit more about how TNB has really allowed you to to transform to this moment that you're at today in the present. I don't know you guys I'm so consumed in this I don't even know how it's changed me and like I don't know but uh mm-hmm. like sometimes you know like I do a lot for the brand and 
sometimes I get uh, I could feel my body getting jealous and my my mind and like I uh, I started to shift more from building all these because I have inventory I have so much work I've done in the past years but these past two years I've been working more on my body and my mind and I've been like I've always been though but now I'm in the books I'm like trying to eat healthy I'm trying to be more mindful I quit drinking two years now I'm uh, I'm four days off of uh, I'm not smoking weed no more like I'm just trying to like evolve like like as as a as a man not just yeah. as a brand but the brand helped me like feed myself helped me like helped me like say you know what I don't need a job like I would go to I would work jobs and I would sit there and just be like damn like I could really like start pushing my shit like so it, it really yeah. just helped me like be independent and uh and just show people too that you can be a dependent like if I could do it anybody could do it and I'm doing it by myself with I live with my grandma like she told me when I moved in uh when I was 21 she's mm. like the only reason why I'm letting you come in here is because you have a dream and you're gonna chase it so I'm chasing my dream in front of my grandma she's watching me all the time she, she sees this shit so it's just a really uh it's a, it was a way the brand helped me like just take care of myself mm. really take care of myself and and my image my uh, my mind, my body, like like I said, my mind and body looked at the brand like, hey, you're doing too much there. Come back over here, like, and I, yeah, I'm trying definitely. to be more balanced. I myself. think it just sounds amazing how not only has the brand grown, but you have grown as an individual with the brand, and and together you have co-created not only your individuality but also what this brand means to you and what your vision and dream is. Um, and I know we've we've also did research on you and we we heard a story that you know back in 2015 you gave these bell bottoms to a friend or your brother but it seems like you were so ahead of your time um so we're curious to hear kind of yeah how did you lose how did you not lose that vision of being so ahead of your time back then because now bell bottoms sustainable fashion is is the buzz um so yeah how did you how did you navigate that in terms of being not losing yeah. that vision of sustainability, right. being bold to back then to now where you're at? Yeah, yeah. So basically, like, uh, like I said, when I was in the mission with the painted on jeans with the rips, uh, the bottom looking like like flared out. So it's just a, uh, it just evolved, you know. And I was able to keep evolving. It wasn't like I just jumped into this shit wearing skinny jeans talking mm -hmm. about oh i'm selling stacks now i'm selling flare jeans like no this been me so like i'm sticking to the script you feel me like this is me but basically that story uh, i think it was more uh i don't know my brother was in middle school though so i, I would have to do the math uh, but he was in middle school he, he was a, a seventh grader at douglas middle school <laughs> i sent him to school in a, in a i styled him basically and uh, he told me, he came back, he came back home and he was like, bro, they all made fun of me. And I, and I was like, man, like, whatever, mm -hmm. bro. I was like, I, when I wear this shit, I know how I feel. So like, that's how I feel. But my brother was going against other people than I was going against though. And that's a, that's a lot. The crowd is going to try to manipulate decisions. Like I, I, I went to go sell jeans in, in Oakland, you feel me, in projects. And fucking, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with a with a music artist, right? And uh, it should have been one on one, me and you, we're talking. But no, he has his friends in the background, and 
they want to throw in their comments and shit, you know, like, and that mm. shit, it, it fucks with the with the person that's interested, like, and and uh, the people around us need to realize that their opinions need to be a little bit more silent mm. because uh, not all opinions yeah, need absolutely. to be stated, you know? I, you know, and that's, you know, as Mary and I were, were thinking about there's nothing bolder, that's exactly what stood out how you've remained so grounded in ensuring who you are even back even beyond 2015 it sounds mm-hmm. like you you know sewing and with a needle back in the day this is something mm-hmm. that is is who you've been always and who you are now um and as we said you know you've brought in sustainability into the brand it's everything is made by mm-hmm. hand everything is one-to-one and unique can you tell us a little bit about that process of you know, creating these one-to-one unique pieces, um, you know, how do you source, you know, your material and how do you bring it together, that vision? Mm-hmm. So basically the way I source is I go thrifting a lot. I get donations from friends and family, like, yeah, that's how I get the, I get the, the old clothes around here. And uh, after that, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my creative process starts from cleaning. Like, I'll be cleaning my lab, I'll be cleaning, and I'll run into a piece <laughs> of fabric that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm putting you right here. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm adding more things, and, and that's how, like, things fall together for me. Like, I'm, like, trying to organize and clean, but as I'm doing that, I'm, like, seeing things mm-hmm. that are, are, are calling to me, like, things that I might have had sitting there for a year type of so that's that's my creative process. But I like to uh, I like to stack up all my uh, mm-hmm. my um, my uh, potential pieces coming up, and then once I have like ten or twenty, mm-hmm. I'll get into all day I'm cutting, and then next day I'm sewing. Next day mm-hmm. I'm painting on them. Last day I'm tagging them and taking pictures. So that that's like my kind of process. <laughs> right now I only have two on the shelf. I'm, I'm kind of slow right now. <laughs> But like I said, I have so much inventory. <laughs> I have so much inventory. I gotta kind of slow down, actually. No, definitely. It sounds like you have a very um, just a creative process that works for you, and it, it builds on. Like you said, maybe you might see a piece of fabric, and you're like, "Oh, that could look good over there in that piece," and then you build it on. Then you start kind of the sewing piece and the painting piece, and then the putting it together, and then finally promoting it in a picture so that's definitely a very unique creative process um i guess we're curious to hear because again you focus a lot on that one-to-one piece you know a piece that you created with your hands um kind of like how how do you differentiate differentiate yourself from you know how the mass productions the fast fashion like can you share a little bit about your thoughts on you know why keep the sustainability piece why not like do a mass production like it's easier yeah i'm a, i'm really against that like mm. i have i have like uh, clothing mm. manufacturers always hitting me up in my instagram like oh let me make this piece for you let me let me do this for you let me i'm like bro like mm-hmm. that's not tmb <laughs> it's not tmb bro like i'm not with it but uh yeah there's a the fast, fa- the fast fashion mm-hmm. problem is is a uh, is really more big where we don't see it. It's all behind yeah. closed doors. It's twisted and dark, and it's it's mostly overseas, and uh, and it's mostly them twisted ass uh, rich people up top that are, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, 
just trying to get over on people to to make more money and it just it just ain't my mm-hmm. style so I'm fucking with it here at home and I'm serving people here by home wow. type shit I I, uh, I do all my sales in person mm-hmm. I do sometimes I ship but uh, I like that part too I get mm-hmm. to like really like connect with the people that are trying to connect with me and that's mm-hmm. what really like that's what really keeps me going is mm-hmm. everybody that's that I'm meeting like I'm meeting people that are teaching me things and it's, it's it's a beautiful connection. It's a beautiful exchange. Like I really appreciate everybody that's tapped in with with TMB. Yeah, that's you know that's incredible. The the connections that you're building simply by having your your brand be unique, be one to one, staying true to who you are. Um, and you know something that stood out to me was you know you made yourself a designer you know the world didn't tell you you're a designer you chose to be a designer and you know the community stood behind that so can you tell us a little bit right. about you know that community around you right. um you know the support that they poured into you throughout the process of designing of you know building this brand mm-hmm. so I, I first started with my folks up up north in woodland after I needed, like I, I uh, did I say it on camera? Like yeah, I needed to yeah. take a break from the from the bay, and I like <laughs> had to go rebuild my mind in, in a more quieter setting, you know. But uh, my folks out there was very supportive, you know. But that was that was step one. Like I said, just the copy and paste the hats with the logo, beanies with the logos. They were with me. There, there was a lot of love out there, and uh, appreciate everybody out there. But then uh, when I stepped back into the Bay Area. I had a, a cousin that helped me um, get into a mm. a, a CBO, mm. a, a community-based organization called RTP, Roadmap to Peace, and uh, I really needed it back then. Like I, I got uh, I uh, I got a DUI in uh, I think 2018 or 17. I don't know, but like it was just a point where oh yeah, it wasn't just a DUI. I fell asleep while driving and like like it was fucked up. It was a uh, it was May 5th. The day my homie passed and uh i just i used to get too drunk that day and i thought i could drive from south san francisco to woodland in the middle of the night and i ended up crashing in dixon at 2 30 in the middle of the night like it was it was it was ridiculous like me thinking that i could do everything but and me dealing with pain like it really like no like that's why i'm trying to deal with everything a little differently because I can't be making mistakes like that. So back to the DUI, like, it was a point in my life where, you know, people was looking at me like, oh, yeah, like, you, like, so my cousin pointed me in the direction. Instead of judging me, she pointed me in the direction of people that could help me. And uh, mm-hmm. Roadmap to Peace is, is a, a place where I really rebuilt my community. And it was in the Mission District. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they set me up with a career coach. And I was telling him everything about me and what I like. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. He, he found that out quick mm. and he was like, you know, we have an entrepreneur uh, workshop. Uh, it's a, I think it was like an eight week workshop. And after the workshop, we'll give you 600 if you, you attend all of it. And I was like, like, let's go, bro. Let's go. And in that, in that place, like I met a lot of people that uh, yeah. just uh, recognized me as an entrepreneur. And that's what really helped me a lot too, because mm up in Woodland, I was just doing it yeah. just because I wanted to, you know, it was just off the feet. Like, 
but now I'm being noticed in back in my hometown type shit where, where my family's from so mm. it was beautiful and then I started seeing how like dots started reconnecting but stronger and it was just a it's yeah. a beautiful process right there just going back into community and you know having my cousin like walk me in there and then when I got <laughs> into that organization I started seeing old PMB boys I was like like what are you doing here I was like what the fuck like so that's how you traveling right now bro because my boy was traveling with, with them and because my boy got that fire so I was able to like add to the fire and I was just you know we, we took off Keep, keep, like I kept growing and and I think we should grow out like out in public like like uh, a lot of us you know we like to keep things to ourselves but I kind of I'm an I'm a oversharer really and I like that shit like because like like really? like for example I've taught six people how to sew on the sewing machine no cost I just wanted to do something that I needed like Imagine if someone tried to tax me when I was when I was looking for the way to my future. Like, what the hell? Gatekeeping is fucked. So I'm not like that. Like, if I see somebody need something, like I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to like try to provide that. And most of the time, like I don't have like money to provide, but I have like inspiration and motivation and uh and a lot of love to provide. And yeah, that's, that's kind of like that's all super, we need for real. You know, just like that's how I define community, to be honest. Exactly what you said. There's no gatekeeping. There's, mm-hmm. you know, sharing knowledge and paying it forward. You know, shout out to Paige who taught you how to <laughs> initially sew. And now now you're here. You're sharing that knowledge with other folks that are coming in your path and are also looking to, you know, do their own thing as well. And so, yeah, I, I love I love that. I that's I think that is what community is. It's you know, being able to maybe you can't provide the monetary support, but you're you're there and you're sharing sharing that knowledge forward. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, D'Angelo. Yeah, and a community also is like connecting the dots. You know, like I have an older homie named Marlon, and uh, he knew I was on the machine. I was, you know, I used to be on the <laughs> machine when all my homies around me were turned the fuck up. Like I'm making clothes with cocaine sniffers and drunk ass motherfuckers and whew, like bro it's crazy like how I stay so focused in the chaos like I don't even understand sometimes but I do because I knew where I came and I knew I couldn't go back like but I I, I do my shit in front of like people that are like you know like I'm not gonna say lost but like a, a little misguided and I'm just hoping that you know we could we're not gonna do this shit together but you could enjoy the the whole journey with me type shit so my boy, like I said, he was connected to dots. I'm on the machine. His dad is a, uh, he used to um, maintain the industrial machine. So so uh-huh. from the from the little machine like this, I got on the big machine. Like it's, there's a whole wow. table that comes with the machine. It got an engine, a motor in the bottom. Like, so I got uh, my foot into that. And then we would talk a lot. And he would tell me, he knew I wanted to make jeans. He was like, you know, you need to... Oh, wow. He told me it was like seven different sewing machines to make one <laughs> pair of pants. And I was like, damn. Like, so, so I got <laughs> I got a serger right here. I got a straight stitch. Like, and I still need more. But uh, I'm, I'm working mm-hmm. with what I got. 
and I'm working with my people that are able to connect the dots with me and and put me on with people that like 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 a uh, OG Fritz. His name was Fritz. I would go around with him. He didn't have a car, so mm. I would drive him around to his uh maintenance jobs and he would fix sewing machines in front of me. And I would try to pick up on anything I can and I did. But uh it was uh, it was short lived, but uh I I enjoyed the experience <laughs> like I I didn't really learn how to fix a machine, but you know, I was I was around shit that I wanted to be around. It was inspiring. Yeah, definitely. And and just speaking on like transitioning into just looking ahead and speaking on I know you st- you talked about like paying it forward, giving a, you know, that inspiration or even teaching people how to sew for free just cuz you wanted to help out. Um what advice would you have for young fashion designers who wants to create a brand with with that is purpose driven and mission driven like yours to really uplift their own community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say just you got to stay mentally strong like everything I'm mm. doing is kind of like going against where I want to go, where I want to go. All the success and the the sales and the my brand being a, you know, a a a name in the bay like mm. Everything I'm doing is kind of going against it. I'm kind of like corny, I guess. Like the way I'm healing out loud and the way I'm I'm vulnerable as fuck. <laughs> like these motherfuckers don't like that shit. They don't like at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to still be me because it's going to bring me what I need. Like so I'm not going to fake the funk just to cater to people that I don't even want to fucking deal with. Like so so I'd rather just, you know, lead the way. And the people that are, you know, that feel the vibe, that feel like this is Definitely them, this is them. Attracting the folks that, that resonate with your brand. Those are the mm-hmm. folks that you want, you know, behind you. And I really, you know, just really appreciate our time here in conversation, D'Angelo, because yeah. I think it is so incredible that you're able to talk so openly about your journey and, you know, share about who you are now in the present with your brand. Um, it, it's been It's been really incredible to just hear about that process of getting started to, you know, where you're at now. But, you know, I'm curious, like in in the future, where do you see this brand heading? You know, what does the future look like for TNB? As I was telling you, like like, uh, the past is very dark and kind of like, well, the future for TNB kind of like not shutting people off, but like I'm just like trying to like go a new way. And I'm very uh, like, I have trust issues, you know. I have a problem because I could open up easy, but I have like a trust issue. Like, and it's not that I'm not scared or anything, but it's just like I would rather try to keep it in my own hands than anybody else's. But for the future, I would love to open up and try to get a team going because this shit is a lot by yourself. I love it, but at the same time, it's a lot on your mental, especially when you're looking around and everybody's like, you know, like kind of not with it type shit, like. It ain't their job to be with it, but you know, like, it, 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 it fucks with your mental and it's not a good way. Like, so I would really like to have a, a team that we Definitely. could, like, really, like, take over. I would like to just, I, I, and plus, you know, uh, my, my uh, narrative is very, like, sad and dark a lot. And uh, I would be. So I would like to really like it if like have a marketer or a fucking have, have a book. something more upbeat and I would love more to get it off the fucking internet too. I would love that shit. So 
if I could just like work on my clothes, hand it off, like take a picture and hand it off, I would love that shit so much because the internet is fucking whack as fuck. I only like it because it helps me connect to the right ones, but Mm -hmm. you can get caught up on some fucking comparing and just like, you know, just a lot of negativity up in there. Yeah, so definitely scaling the brand, getting, you know, other folks in to help and take over the social media so you can really focus on on the vision and, you know, the art that you're creating. Now, that's awesome. You know, and just a a couple of questions to wrap up Mm -hmm. our conversation. D'Angelo, if you had five words to describe your creative process, you know, what would those five words be? Yeah, for sure, innovative. Uh creative i would say it's uh it's uh i would call it refreshing for soap and um mm, yeah my creative process is inspiring because i i've done shit in front of everybody like mm. i said i'd be making clothes in front of motherfuckers that they're they're telling me now like bro i am so glad you stayed focused bro and look at you now like five years <laughs> later bro like yes bro i was focused as fuck bro like and thank you bro like I love you bro but I need you to come with me bro like we need to level up so I think I have one more word I think and uh and I would say it's very spiritual too because it's very spiritual yeah yeah that's definitely amazing yeah and I mean you can add on bold there too yeah (laughs) No. Um, and yeah, can you just tell us, tell our audience, like, where can we find you on social media? Um, I know you don't like it, but, yeah. but so that we can promote your work as well. Yeah, you you can find me on social media at There's Nothing Boulder, no spaces. There's nothing Boulder. There we go. That's where we can find D'Angelo. You can see some of his unique pieces on there. He's posting the photos there often, um, and so that's the best best place to connect purchase these pieces they're all one-to-one so you got to come quick um but yeah like i said like this has been a, a really insightful conversation we appreciate your the space that you've shared with us here today and yeah. you know we're really excited just to see how the brand evolves and continues to elevate yeah. i appreciate you guys for shining light on all the creators out here definitely thank you d'angelo thanks d'angelo appreciate your time Thank you for tuning in. Creator Corner is a podcast production presented by the Ars Network. It is hosted by Dale Zaragoza and Mary Figueroa. This podcast is edited and produced by Muhammad Abdullah Kawish. <laughs>